This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Good morning. Welcome into the action line from WGNS this morning. We're going to be talking with the candidates who are running for the Murfreesboro City Council. Visiting with us this morning, Bill Shacklett, Eddie Smotherman, Kurt Wade, and David Wright. That's in alphabetical order. <laughs> Might mention, by the way, uh, Sean Wright. Excuse me. Uh, and so uh, if you have uh, any questions that you would like to Ask to any of these candidates, all you need to do is text us a question. Uh, and I will mention this. It's, the questions are not to be addressed to specific candidates. They're just general questions that you have a desire to know something about. And so we'll ask the questions and the candidates who have some information to share with you on that particular issue will be able to uh, to, to, to answer it for you. Now, I will say this. We're not taking telephone calls because we're already starting to get phone calls on that. Uh, we're only taking text questions. Uh, those are a whole lot easier to work with on a political forum. So if you have a question, text it to us. Same number, 615-893-1450. And as we introduce the candidates in alphabetical order... Uh, let's go in reverse order and let each candidate first give about a minute uh, background on themselves and whatever other information they would like to share. Let's start with Sean Wright. Sean, step over to the microphone. First of all, good to have you with us today. Thank you very much for having me. Tell uh, us a little about yourself, if you would. Uh, my name is Sean Wright. I'm born and raised in Murfreesboro. I went to Murfreesboro City Schools from K through 8. Uh, I grew up on West Clark Boulevard. I uh, went to Mitchell, uh, uh, MTSU, uh, Oakland High School, University of Memphis for grad school, and the University of Tennessee for post-grad school. Uh, I'm looking to continue to make Murfreesboro the great city it's always been and continue to work together with uh, some of these guys behind me uh, to keep making that a good process. Very good. Sean, thank you very much. That was Sean Wright. And let's, uh, since we're going in reverse order, Kurt Wade. Yes, up next. Kurt, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? Doing great. Good to have you here. Good. I I think the first thing I want to say, you know, it's been a pleasure to be on the council for my first term. Uh, It's been very exciting. We've had to make some really tough decisions. But most of all, we've got a good council, and we've made tough decisions. And I truly believe this is the reason why our government our city is in the shape that it's in because we've made some really tough decisions. And I look forward to the opportunity to serve on the council for another four years. That was Kurt Wade. Let's call Eddie Smotherman over to the microphone this morning. 
Good morning, Eddie. Good morning, Bart. Thanks for having me in this morning. It's always a delight to be on WGNS, whether we're talking history or talking politics. So it's great to see you. Um, what a great city we live in. Murfreesboro is uh, my hometown. Uh, my family's been in this area since 1741, and uh, we, uh, we, we, my roots are deep here. I care about Murfreesboro. I love this city, and uh, I have no conflicts of interest when I vote on things that go before our city. Yet, uh, I simply try to use common sense and do what's best uh, for our community. Uh, we, uh, we've, we've got a really, really good council here in Murfreesboro. Uh, they, they've done a good job. I'm proud of the folks I work with, and uh, I can tell you uh, I hope to be there for four more years. And uh, I, this next term, I really hope that I'm able to work on term limits. I think three terms is enough, and uh, this will be my third term, so this is it for me. But uh, I, what a privilege it is to, to serve such a great city, and thanks again for having us on, Bart. That was Eddie Spotherman, and let's invite Bill Shacklett over. Bill, good morning to you. Good morning, Bart. Yes, it's a, it is a privilege to be on WGNS, and to, it's also a privilege to serve this great community. You know, the, the strength of our community is its people, and uh, get an opportunity to share uh, what we're doing, what our ideas and thoughts are about our community. Raised here, family's been here a long time, educated here. Uh, roots again like the, some of the others all pretty deep roots in our community uh, my passion has been to connect uh, government with the people that it serves and i uh, if, if you so choose to uh, give me another term i, I pledge to do that as in the in the next term too so uh, again pleasure to be here and look forward to answering some questions that was bill shacklett and let's take our first text question uh, and anybody can answer this. As we do this in, if, if you're a regular listener and have heard our political, political forums before, we ask a question and each candidate has the right to answer it, or if they choose not to answer it, they just stay quiet on the question. The first question deals with traffic. Traffic is a problem in Murfreesboro, and as we grow, it gets worse unless leaders make moves to change and improve the ways to control traffic. Do you have plans that will improve the traffic flow in Murfreesboro? Anyone want to talk about traffic flow or anything of that sort? Well, about 60% of our CIP projects are related to traffic and, and uh, trying to address some of those needs. The problem being in a growth, you know, it's a two-edged sword. When, you, when you're when you in an area like Murfreesboro, it's, uh, it's attra- it attracts a lot of folks and it puts strain on your infrastructure. And one of the ways we've addressed that is in our CIP projects and trying to uh, – uh, all the infrastructure needs that we have – and we recognize that there are some issues particularly, and so those projects are something that have to be uh, over a long period of time, but they are definitely our concern uh, from the councils, and, and we're addressing it through our CIP, our capital improvement projects. For Very good. Anyone else want to give a thought on that, but on the traffic issue? This is Eddie Smotherman. Uh, just wanted to point out uh, in the last four years we've opened up the bridge over Broad Street, which I think was a significant improvement. One of the first questions I was ever asked when I was running for office was, Eddie, do you support the bridge over Broad Street? And it was Tommy Bragg that asked. The answer was yes, because engineers said that it would improve the traffic flow. We're currently looking at bridges over uh, Broad at Northfield. We're looking at bridges over Broad at Thompson Lane. Uh, we're also trying to address the issue that we have in the uh, – case and lane area with the uh, bridge over the interstate to allow traffic to come back into town without having to deal with 
the tourist traffic and the uh, commercial traffic that's out there on Old Fort and Salem Road. So uh, we're, we're dr- trying to address those things. Uh, of course, those projects are expensive, and uh, they, they can't be done overnight. But uh, Middle Tennessee Boulevard, I think, is another road that we've just really done a dramatic improvement on. And uh, so we're working on them, and we'll continue to work on them. Very good. Thank you. And our next candidate? Just like uh, Bill and Eddie said, I think we've we've tried to address most of the issues with traffic, and we're still addressing those to the CIP. But uh, the other major uh, road, just like you had Old Fort, we added uh, Medical Center Parkway, added Joe B. Jackson to it. Now we're looking at the opportunity to move some of that traffic uh, to Cherry Lane. And that's one of the things that's been on the table for the last uh, two years, another alternative route. It's Cherry Lane. Okay. Anyone else have a thought on uh, traffic situations? This is Sean Wright. I think we need to handle needs before once. Before we move for things that are fun and have, like, soccer fields and parks and things like that, we need to handle things like traffic, fire, police, schools, handle the needs before the wants. We have another text question here. What is your vision for affordable housing? How do we provide necessary infrastructure without increasing the tax burden? Affordable housing. Anyone want to jump in on that? Well, you know, that is certainly a a significant uh, need in our community. Basically, it was pointed up in our 2035 plan that uh, some of the consultants came to us and said, you know, affordable housing is an issue in our community. Uh, Our uh, Murfreesboro Housing Authority is doing a project over behind Oakland's mansion to renovate some of those projects. In fact, those projects were were built back when I was just a child uh, on Mercury Boulevard and, and at Franklin Heights. Those projects uh, have taken a whole different approach to affordable housing, and uh, the project that's been presented, actually it's through planning, uh, to be presented uh, is going to help provide affordable housing, but that's not enough. So there's some other issues and some other ways that the council is looking at, uh, partnering with uh, maybe some incentives for uh, dense growth, from developers to provide an, uh, a lower price point on some of the housing that they're that they're offering on the market, uh, we've got to be creative in doing that, and it's not a it's not an easy answer. But it's, it's going to take everybody working together, the development community, uh, homeowners, and our city government to be able to make a come up with the right answer. Would anyone else like to join in on affordable housing? This is Sean Wright. <clears throat> I come at this from a unique perspective because I'm a realtor. Uh, I've sat down and talked to developers and builders and everybody about how this situation is mostly going to be handled. It's a really tough situation. Uh, you've got a supply and demand economics issue. The more people move here, the more prices go up. And it's hard to come with the land getting more and more and more expensive. It's harder for builders and developers to build a cheaper house because the land is so high that due to federal mortgage guidelines, a house uh, cannot exceed 66% of the value of the, the total loan. So when land costs as much as it is, it just pushes that house price further and further up. So we've got to work with the building and development community on how to try to build alternative-style homes, whether it's uh, a uh, – a box home or uh, something something else to get the cost down. What they've done recently is go towards townhomes, which are the new modern-day affordable house uh, instead of single-family homes. But the more and more people move here, the more and more the supply gets higher or the demand gets higher and the less and less the supply is there. We're talking right now about affordable housing, and uh, one of the listeners' questions was, what is your vision for affordable housing? Our next 
person up to the microphone, Eddie Spotherman. Uh, yeah, I just learned a new term, box housing. Uh, never heard of that. Uh, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I'm, in, I'm interested in putting people in boxes. But uh, the, uh, we, uh, we're, we're looking at a, a city that's growing. Uh, Sean, Sean's right. He's a realtor, and the uh, best way to reduce prices is for him to charge less for houses. But uh, we all know that, that supply and demand is determining the price of the homes in Murfreesboro, and uh, it will continue to as long as people continue to come here. Uh, increased demand will will increase the cost, and uh, but but what can we do? We we can certainly address some of the things. Uh, the city hasn't approved a uh, multifamily property in three years, but at the same time, there's properties out there that have property rights that can have multiple families on them or multi multi housing on them, and uh, that's through zoning, and you can't take that right away once they've had it. And some people have had it for 28 years where it's just been a field. So uh, it's somewhat challenging because if you look at Maple Street, there's places on Maple Street where the one house stood and two houses now stand that are attractive and fit well into the neighborhood. And uh, so, so there are options. And uh, as a member of the Planning Commission, we try to encourage growth in the downtown area uh, for our downtown to remain viable and the, the uh, downtown district to stay successful in business. Uh, one of the main things that uh, major companies say when they want to come to Murfreesboro is, what's your head count? And, and unfortunately, in the downtown area, our head count's just a little bit short of where it should be to attract uh, the Starbucks-type business. And so uh, if we can just get a few more people in the downtown area, it will be helpful. Uh, of course, uh, there's residential areas outside that don't want growth, and uh, but uh, I understand if you're Phase 1 or Phase 2 in a Phase 3 project, there's probably going to be more houses built next door to you because Phase 3 is coming. So... Uh, it's it's a it's a challenging situation, but uh, we're, we're, we've been taking it on. And of course, we this isn't anything new. We, Murfreesboro's been growing for the last forty years, pretty significantly since Nissan came here, at least. And uh, it'll continue to experience growth, but uh, we just have to manage it and do as good a job as we possibly can dealing with the issues that it brings with it. The question that they're working on: What is your vision for affordable housing, and how do we provide necessary infrastructure without increasing the tax burden? We have another question here. Uh, this one is from another one of the listeners, and they're asking, some politicians are only visible and available at election time. What effort are you going to make to be available to the public after election time? What about that? Who would like to join in on that one? Kurt Wade's coming up. I'll step up to the plate for this one. Um, our numbers are published uh, on the Murfreesboro website. Uh, they have our cell numbers on there uh, to communicate with us. They have our email address where we can be located and contacted. Um, we also uh, started uh, the first of this year, started trying to do town hall meetings around the city. And those are some of the efforts that we've made to try to introduce to get people to understand we want to hear from you and we want to know what's going on. And feel free to call our numbers at any time. If you go to the website, you can see every city council person's number up there on the website and as well as an email address. Anyone else want to give us a thought on this one? Bill Shackman's coming over. I don't think people have trouble finding me for some reason. <laughs> I get a lot of phone calls. Of course, everybody knows where the studio are. A lot of people do know where the studios were in the downtown. And so in every event this weekend, we had an event that I was at. 
seemed like people were talking about something that was happening or wasn't happening in their neighborhood everywhere I go, church, every different place that, you know, people talk. And I, and quite honestly, that's what I enjoy. I, somebody told me the other day, I said, they were talking about forums and, and, and engaging the public. And I said, you know, the real strange thing is I, I really kind of enjoy it. And they said, you know, you get to, you need to get that checked because <laughs> it seems like, you know, when you start enjoying it, but, but sometimes, you know, we can't always answer the people and sometimes we don't give them the answer that they want but quite honestly i i think the one thing you learn real quickly when you serve on city council is you're there as a public servant you're there to to answer the public's question and try to help them understand the process uh more clearly uh and to me that's the joy of it is that sometimes uh, even if we we disagree on the conclusion or the decision we can appreciate the process and we if we as the as the city council if you're looking for the answers to your the difficult problems that the community faces in the seven of us that are sitting there on Thursday night, uh, you're, you're cutting your nose off to spite your face because a lot of creative and, and actually really good answers and perspective come from the public. So uh, to me, it's, it's uh, a privilege and it's a joy to kind of listen to people. Sometimes you have to listen to 90% of noise and frustration before you get the 10% of the kernel of really good stuff that you need to take to the delivery process. But quite honestly, to me, that's the joy. That was Bill Chaclet, our phone number to text questions, and we are only taking text questions, and these are not addressed to specific candidates. We've gotten a few that are addressed to specific candidates. We don't use those, so uh, send us a different question. Uh, Eddie Smotherman. Bart, it, uh, it's always interesting when we talk about uh, the situations and, and how accessible we are. I, I, my phone's in my pocket, and if it rings, I answer it, except if it's Kurt calling right at this moment, which he's bad about doing when I'm speaking. <laughs> but uh, the, uh, we, we, we do have a, a great city council that does respond. We are available. When I first came on the council, one of the first things I did was made sure that uh, we started something that uh, truthfully hadn't been done in many years, and it was to have an open mic once a month and uh, make sure that the public could come out and speak and, and let us let the entire council know, rather than just speaking to us individually, uh, to get to let the entire council know uh, how you feel on a certain topic or a concern. or And uh, in many cases, some of those ideas that have come forward have come to fruition, and uh, they've they've actually been uh, the pub the public's opinion matters, and uh, it's always uh, interesting to hear uh, the things that they have discovered that haven't quite made it to our desk yet, and uh, so so we, we we're available, we we're easy to get in contact with, and if you ever want to talk to me, area code six one five six five three six one zero three, call me anytime, and I will answer the phones never turned off. If you call me at three in the morning, I'll probably answer it. So at uh, so always feel free, and if I don't answer it that means i'm either in a meeting or uh there's uh i'm carrying on a conversation with somebody else but uh the uh but but never hesitate to call uh we're here to serve and we are servants our phone number 615-893-1450 to text your questions and here's sean wright Hi, I'm Sean. Eddie, you took my, my bit, giving my phone number out. Uh, I, I think every citizen of Murfreesboro, whether no matter where they live, no matter what they do, has a right to talk to their city government. We represent them. Uh, my phone number is 615-838-0653, and you can call me anytime. Uh, the, the great thing about America is 
everybody gets to have a voice and have, has a right to, to put that voice out there. And I think it's a good thing to sit down with the people, no matter where they're from, listen to what they say. Even if you may not agree with them, the great thing is by listening to them, you may find out that they're actually right and you're not. Uh, so we need to listen to every person in, uh, in the city and come to an agreement and move forward with the city. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. We're going to pause for just a moment, check on the traffic and weather, then we will continue. Our broadcast this morning is a political forum where you're hearing from the candidates for Murfreesboro City Council. That will continue in just a moment. Weekdays at 5, it's all sports talk with Marty Hale Jr. and Tim Tackert here on WGNS. We're local. We know sports. Come by our store, Music World and Drummer's Den. We're a full-line music instrument store with well over 5,000 square feet packed with great instruments in every category. In guitars, we're your local dealer for the two top acoustic guitar brands in the world, Martin and Taylor. We've got the best selection and prices anywhere in the state of Tennessee on these. This is Dave Kivanemi at Music World and Drummer's Den in Murfreesboro, 2762 South Church Street, across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas' Restaurant. We're excited to announce that our dining rooms are back up and running. We may not be at full capacity and we may not have all of your favorite menu items or the favorite touches that you're used to having. But at the same time, we are excited to be able to serve you. We have brought our servers back. We have retrained them. Our cooks are excited to put the steaks on plates that you can cut with a real knife as opposed to plasticware from your home. And I invite your family to come and join our family back at Demas' Restaurants on Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Good morning. It's busy, but it's still moving here on 24 out through the Hickory Hollow area and that construction zone as you continue towards Nashville. Short stop and go to Lays out here up at L6 Memorial and also there at uh, 231 coming up out of Shelbyville. Hey, if, uh, the perfect getaway just outside Gatlinburg. If you're wondering where it is, it's Cosby Creek Cabins. Check them out online, CosbyCreekCabins.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. Thank you, Chuck. What about the Murfreesboro weather? Brought to you by First National Bank of Murfreesboro. A few scattered showers and thunderstorms possible late this afternoon with partial sunshine developing in high in the low 90s. Southwest winds of 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 73. COVID 19 has changed our world, and First National Bank of Murfreesboro is here to help you. During these uncertain times, it's good to have a friend to walk with you and help with financial guidance. First National Bank of Murfreesboro is here to help you with free text banking, bill paying, mobile deposits, and more. I'm Shelly Rigsby, manager of First National Bank of Murfreesboro. And I'm Amanda Gentry, First National Bank of Murfreesboro, member FDIC. Welcome back. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. Visiting with us this morning, the candidates for the Murfreesboro City Council, and they're answering your text questions. Bill Shacklett, Eddie Smotherman, Kurt Wade, and Sean Wright are all here this morning. And if you have a question, don't specify uh, the candidate. Uh, we're, we're looking for questions that are truly important for us all to, uh, to know about. Uh, we have a question from a listener here who's interested uh, in getting your response on COVID-19. 
we have had a, a sudden change in some of the ways things are done here, and uh, we're being asked to wear masks uh, in public and social distance and uh, all of the other items, clean your hands, cough into your elbows. We're all aware of those things. How important do you think it is for the public to do these things? And are you doing them yourselves in public? Uh, anyone want to step forward and share their thoughts on that? Okay. We have two people running for We're fighting for the microphone. Everybody <laughs> wants to answer this one. <laughs> Bill Chapman. Uh, quite honestly, you know, the, these, uh, the last three months, there are things happening. All of us realize there are things happening in our community and in our individual lives and our families uh, that we never thought we would have to deal with and never thought, would have, wouldn't have conceived what we're having to do with, uh, deal with. But the one thing I would encourage everybody is, you know, the, the question before us is are we willing to sacrifice our own, what we think we want to do, to the common good, and and that's the question: is do, will we will we sacrifice something for our neighbor? And uh, you know, those of us that are healthy, uh, are we are we willing to sacrifice a little bit of our freedom for that, uh, for the for the good of our neighbor and for the good of our community? Quite honestly, I don't know what the future is going to be. I, I don't know what challenges. You know, a week ago we were talking about encouraging people in our county, and now we're moving uh, Wednesday to a mandate. Uh, so I think we have to kind of, uh, uh, you know, think a little bit bigger picture and try to try to see if we really, you know, what what we can do. And I think that's what your government officials are trying to do is to figure out what is the appropriate and the right thing to do because you have the economy, you have individual rights versus the health of a community. And uh, all of us have are trying to make the best decisions that we can. So I think a little patience, a little kindness, a little compassion – a little understanding shown in the times like this when we're trying to figure out what is best for all of us, the most vulnerable in our community, uh, would, would serve our community well. Because whatever the questions, whatever the problems, we're going to be better if we'll work together than we'll be at odds with each other. And Sean Wright is coming over now. So uh, I, I come at this again. Uh, I have somebody, uh, my wife has a uh, compromised immune system, so I'm around somebody all the time that, I don't need to bring it back to her, and I'm a person who's out in the public every single day meeting strangers all day long every day. Uh, so forever and ever, I've always washed my hands, hand sanitizer in my car, uh, everything that I've got to do to make sure I protect my family because that's my number one job on earth is to protect my family. Uh, I've always got a mask with me since this whole uh, COVID thing, and I kind of play it. If I'm in open air and there's nobody around me, I just have it with me. If I'm with around people, I, I put it on. And uh, if there's a business that, that wants it on, I, I put it on uh, to, to protect others. Uh, but w living with people that have those uh, immune compromise, you, you've got to do what's best to take care of the, the greater good. That was Sean Wright. Any other thoughts? Eddie Smotherman coming over. COVID-19 is a serious, serious issue, and, and it is one that we have to address in this country. And, and uh, I don't know that it, the medical profession 
comes to city council members and gives us a whole lot of really good information as far as what we need to be doing as city council members. I hope that the the direction is coming from the national level and the state level and even the county level uh, currently is making some decisions. But uh, this is this is not something that you're going to take care of in one room or one building or uh, one small city. Even it, uh, we we we've got a situation that that is a, a national issue and uh, a global issue even and uh, but also understand that there are people who have uh, PTSD that uh, feel like they're suffocating with a mask on there's some people who have asthma issues that cannot wear a mask and uh, and 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 there's people that uh, Truthfully, I think it would almost be a HIPAA violation for uh, people to continuously ask them why they're not wearing a mask. So, uh, And some people have already gone through it and recovered from it, and uh, unless you can get it a second time, they're probably not uh, a great risk to the public. But uh, we're... we're you know we're we're not medical experts on the city council. Uh, we've we've got various jobs, but uh, I don't think we've got a doctor on the council. And uh, uh, it might be helpful if we did have one. But uh, we uh, we're doing the best we can with the information we're given, and hopefully uh, it's being addressed at a much higher level than the Murfreesboro City Council. That was Eddie Smotherman, and here is Kurt Wade with his thoughts on that issue. Bart, I think I've said this once, and I think I've said it over and over. I'm willing to wear a mask if it's going to protect others and protect myself. And I think that's it's not all about me all the time. It's about others and working what's best for our community and what's best for our society uh, to make sure that this virus doesn't continue to get any bigger than what it is. Here's another I think everybody's answered that question. Here's another question that has been texted in. Some think that the city would be better off being out of the business of owning buildings and in some cases not owning utilities either. What are your thoughts of selling city-owned buildings and then leasing property from the private sector? And also, are you in favor of selling property and more utilities, like water? Anyone want to join in on those thoughts? Bill Shacklett coming up. Well, you know, you know, it's like uh, any deal, and I think Sean, dealing with real estate, would tell you it, the devil's in the details. You know, it's a deal. It's what's before you, and that's what council has to do is evaluate the specifics of every deal and every opportunity that's before us. And every it, it, one size doesn't fit all, and one proposal doesn't mean that because you do this it makes sense or it's rational to make the same decision related to something else. Uh, you have to deal with the facts that are before you. And even when something is proposed, uh, lots of us, uh, it, it's prudent for us to wait till it's in writing, till we see the specifics. Somebody says, well, what if you did this? And what if you did that? Well, you have to know exactly what that means. There's several different issues, critical issues, uh, substantive change issues, uh, one of them about renting buildings, whether we should, uh, it would be more prudent for us or economic uh, make economic sense for us to rent buildings rather than build buildings because the cost of construction now is, is huge and whether the private sector builds them and we rent space from them is something that's being considered. I'll be honest with you, that's what some of that is being looked at at the city uh, level. But it's the deal, the specifics of the deal that you have to determine and the specifics of the offer before you actually say is it a good deal or not to do that. Very good. That was Bill Shacklett. Sean Wright now coming forward. 
Thanks, Bill, for giving me the uh, real estate. Yeah, as, as a real real estate deal, leasing is always more expensive than owning. Uh, there's a lot more to that. That person that owns that property has got a certain amount of return that he wants, he or she or it wants to get uh, for the return on a, a investment, and that therefore leasing is always more expensive than uh, owning. Uh, are there certain pieces of property that the city could sell to get rid of sure but that doesn't necessarily mean you replace them with another deal but like like uh, mr shacklett said the devil's in the details you got to look at each certain building each certain deal the specific specifics of the deal look at the deal analyze it and move forward that was sean white any other persons any smotherman is here uh, the city of Murfreesboro has over a billion dollars in assets, and that's capital projects, which are buildings and, and roads and things like that. And, and certainly, you know, there are situations that it makes more sense to rent, which we do, uh, and situations where it's a temporary use of a building or something like that, where we ha- may have another building that's overcrowded. We're using it for a temporary use until we can move uh, into a different building or something. Uh, we do rent. Uh, we also build. Uh, obviously, there's not a whole lot of people that's going to build a building right next to the airport out there and lease it to us as an airport terminal. So, so we're building a new airport terminal, uh, the first airport improvement to the building since 1953, and uh, so so it was about time. Uh, the the new police stations, obviously, uh, that's a, f- a building that was designed to last us for 50 years. So, so the, uh, it depends on the project that which you're building, but uh, you certainly need to build it with the understanding that Murfreesboro services will probably continue to grow as far as police and fire and those type things when you look at the city we're building fire stations uh around our city but it's also a true benefit when you do build those buildings because uh recently murfreesboro's iso rating was raised to a one and that's the highest rating you can possibly get and how does that affect the citizen it will help them on their homeowners insurance and it will also anybody who has a business in the city of murfreesboro it can help them as much as 30 percent on their business insurance so it so does it matter that the city has buildings around town yes uh does the city have property for sale absolutely we have property for sale there's a property on the gateway uh, entrance out there coming into murfreesboro that uh, would make a great corporate headquarters if anybody knows a corporate headquarters looking for a home we've got a place for them but uh we uh we're 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 in the business of trying to encourage development in in the city of murfreesboro and create an environment in which businesses can grow and succeed and uh during covid it's been challenging for many of our small brick and mortar businesses and uh, truth of the matter is the uh, methodist church would probably be coming out of the ground to that project would be coming out of the ground today had it not been for the covid situation so uh it has changed the way that the city's doing business but uh, we we really are uh, excited about our future and uh, we look forward uh, to continuous improvement in our city that uh, very much like we've experienced in the past that was eddie smotherman anyone else want to take on this issue well we'll move on to another one and i'll try to put uh, several into one here because we've got several questions about the similar topic the topic is taxes uh this person says you mentioned about uh, the public meetings and people having an opportunity to come and talk share with us how many people showed up about taxes? Was there a large number? Were there small numbers? Uh, then they're asking, will you commit to not raising taxes? Uh, and then uh, another one is asking you uh, about uh, taxes and are the tax dollars being spent in what you feel are proper? Uh, would you uh, be happy to tell people that you voted as you did? Are you proud of your decision dealing with taxes so does that 
sort of come, in other words, we're wanting your response on taxes. That's about four or five different people's text put together into one uh, one focus there. <laughs> They're trying to trying to help each other now. Uh, we're, we're trying to be considerate of each other and not uh, not take the mic first. In other words, or, nobody wants this answer. Well, no, it's a good. It really is. A, it's a very and, and I think you know it's a it's a good question, but there's uh, it, it requires a long answer. And and I would encourage you to call the council uh, members, not just those of us that are running as incumbents, but to call any of the other council members and the mayor to, to help them uh, help you understand. Yes, uh, not this year. We didn't have a, a property tax increase this year uh, for a variety of reasons. It wasn't just COVID. It was because the financial picture didn't look the same as it did a year previous to that. So, you know what you have to do, and and quite honestly, this is not going to sound popular, but this is this is the reality of it. You can't say I will never vote for a property tax increase. That is irrational and irresponsible because you don't know the picture. Now you can say it, but I, I'm telling you the reality of circumstance might tell you that because the, the the revenue stream for local government is extremely limited. You basically have sales tax and property tax. And the most dependable is property tax. Your sales tax can flow up and down. Now, fees and, and, and other, uh, you have a, a very slight part of your income that comes from fees or uh, permits. But your main streams are property tax and sales tax. And so when the economy slows down, then you have basically one alternative. You either fire people, lay them off, create a, a difficult ability for the departments to provide services, fire, police, other other departments. So you, to, to say you'd never raise property taxes, I don't know. Again, it's the devil in the details. We have to see this picture before us. Two years ago when we looked at this situation, we, had, we were not on a sound financial basis. We could not sustain no property tax. We'd done 18, 20 years of... 20 years of no property tax increase. And it's not sustainable to look at that over a growing community like us when we have police, fire, teachers, schools. You know, it's so many things that require us to, to look at how we're going to sustain that level. So you have to, to some degree, oh, and by the way, let me answer the question about how many people responded. I think I had 23 people that, that spoke at the hearing for the uh, two years ago. Uh, Twenty-three people came up and spoke at the public hearing. So, and, and it was there was a, a number of people that said no property tax increase, and so it wasn't something we all said. Boy, people are going to love this if we vote a, a property tax increase. They're going to love us, and boy, and we got to stand election in another, you know, next year. And so, man, they're really going to love the fact that nobody's going to raise the issue that you raise the property taxes. Nobody's going to bring that issue up. Now we all knew what we were doing, but we looked at the financial position of the city. And we determined to do what is in the best interest, the long-term best interest of our community. And that's the answer. Okay. Who would like to tackle that? Kurt Wade. Yep. Up. I think what Bill said is exactly correct. But I think what the other thing that Bill didn't say was we, we had ran out of land to sell to balance the budget. 
you cannot continue to sell land to balance your budget for the city. That is just not the proper way to balance your budget each year. We didn't have any other choice. We had kicked the can down the road for 20 years. There's not a progressive city around here that has not raised taxes. We have we have nice roads. We have nice school systems, police stations, fire stations. All these great amenities come along with what you get here. And like like Bill said, we didn't want to raise taxes because, you know what, taxes affect all of us. But we wanted to do the right thing, and I think we did the right thing at the right time. That was Kurt Wade. Eddie Smotherman is now coming forward. Sean's let me go before him. I think he's going to ambush me. But uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, uh, no, uh, our city's a great city, and, and, and we, we've gone for 20 years, had gone for 20 years. We could have kicked it down the road for a couple more years if we were concerned about our elections. But uh, the fact was the city did have to address the problem that the city had. It, 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 we had borrowed, in the previous four years, we had borrowed uh, – basically $4 million a year that was added to the debt. And so our debt was growing, but we were, were, were kicking the can down the road, quite honestly, at that point, because we were told that we had debt rolling off and we were given some misinformation that uh, that the, the budget was in better shape than it was. Uh, once we figured out that the budget was not in as good a shape as we were being led to believe it was, we, uh, we took the appropriate action. And uh, I think... Uh, when we say the, the taxes hadn't been raised in 20 years, people say, well, you know, I don't know if I go for that or not because my taxes has gone up. Well, your county taxes had gone up pretty significantly over that time period. They used to be the same. City and county taxes used to be the same amount. In 1999, the tax rate in the city of Murfreesboro was $1.99. In 2019, 20 years later, the rate in the city of Murfreesboro was $0.94. Cents. So it had dropped by half. Not only had we saw the property values increase, but we had continuously adjusted the rate so that the rate that you paid adjusted for the amount that you paid, which was a dollar amount, and that dollar amount had stayed the same for 20 years. Uh, that, That was the detail. Now, the year prior to it being 94 cents, does anybody in this room know what it was the year before that? Because we lowered it the year before that. Anybody know? All right. It was $1.20. And uh, it, so we had dropped the taxes 26 cents the year before we raised it 34 cents. So technically, over that two-year period, it was raised 8 cents. But never have I heard anybody bring forward the point that we had dropped it that amount from $1.20 to $0.96 cents that year prior to that. So so the city, the city council messed up when we did that. We should not have lowered the rate that year, even though there was a ta- property tax appraisal that year. Uh, it should have been reflected more gradually to the public. Uh, it's it's easy to say that, you know, we, we would like to do it increases incrementally. But uh, if, if I know we need $3 next year and somebody says, well, I want that to be incremental, when last year we should have got a dollar, this year we'd get $2, next year we'd get $3. Well, Next year when we got $3, we would have taken $6 from that taxpayer when we only needed $3. So it's not necessarily a good thing to do everything incrementally. But uh, but we, we, we made a hard decision. It was not an easy decision, and it certainly it affected every single person in this room right here that owns property, and I think all of us do. So it wasn't, it wasn't something that we imposed on somebody else that didn't affect us. And uh, so, so we, all, we all had to belly up and say, 
you know, it, it, this is this is a sustainable budget. This year, we have a sustainable budget in place because of hard decisions that were made in the past. Those hard decisions made us this year to where we're not only not borrowing money, which is not adding to our debt, we had no property tax increase this year, and we have a sustainable budget that I think, truthfully, for the next four years, we'll probably not need an adjustment because it is pretty close to in line with where uh, the budget should be at this point. Anybody who says I will absolutely not support a tax increase is being unrealistic because nobody knows what the continued effect of COVID is. And if we shut this government down again and completely shut down businesses, the city will have to make some drastic changes. And anybody who says I will not support a tax increase, I want to know how they can explain how they're going to pay teachers more, how they're going to pay police officers more, how they will pay firefighters more. How can you spend more money and not bring in more revenue? So growth will help with that, but uh, we don't have an impact fee in Murfreesboro currently. I've pushed for an impact fee, still had not got it done, but uh, I would love it if we could have more support from the people who are coming to our community as our community grows. Thank you. That was Eddie Smotherman. Here is Sean Wright. So uh, the other three candidates actually had to make those decisions and make those uh, approve those tax uh, increases, and I'm the only non-incumbent that didn't have to make that decision. Uh, two years ago, I, I ran for city council, and I spoke vocally about what I saw in the budget. Uh, my education is all in finance and lean process management. I finished top of my class at the University of Memphis in finance. I went to UT in Knoxville and got a Six Sigma black belt in lean process management for business applications. I analyzed that budget two years ago to the point where I could have told you everything, I mean, how many hairs were in the, the nose of the budget. There were cuts that could have been made, and they would have been hard cuts, but there were cuts that could have been made before a tax increase happened. Where were now, Oh, all over the budget, I, and, and you even said it on the video that there was there was fat in there that could be made. But let's let's go with this. Where, where were they? I mean, you keep you keep saying we would cut the budget. Where would you cut the budget? Oh, we could have cut par- stuff in parks budget. We could have cut some, cut some other places. We could have put cut all over. One thing that all three of you said was true. Going forward. With COVID, you don't know how the economy is going to do. You don't know what kind of decisions financially the city is going to have to look forward to. The the city is in a shape where nobody or the world is in a shape with COVID that you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what the long-lasting effects of COVID are. But there's going to be some tough decisions the city is going to have to make here coming up. And you can't just say, well, we were given bad information. You've got to study the budget. You've got to know the budget. You've got to know the departments. You've got to go after it and look at it. Now, you can look at the budget as, as proposed. You can look at the budget as you see it fit. That's the, the, the fact of the matter. Thank you very much. That was Sean Wright. We have more questions than show. <laughs> We're flat out of time, but I want to go back to each individual candidate. And if you would, very briefly, because we have a total of five minutes left in the program, very briefly, uh, share with us uh, why you would like the vote of the public and we're going in alphabetical order this time we went in reverse order last time uh, let's start this time with bill shacklett thank you bart it's been a, a pleasure to do it's a pleasure to talk about the issues of the community it's interesting to hear the other folks running i want to thank you for the opportunity I want to thank the citizens of murfreesboro for the opportunity to serve them in the last uh, last uh, four years and i look forward to being able to do that in the in the coming term 
you know, we are a great community, but we're a great community, again, I stress the point, when we act as a community, when we work together. It's my pledge to you that I will do three things. I will listen to you, I will study and learn the issues, and then I'll lead and make the decisions that I feel are in the best interest of the community that has done so much for me and my family. And uh, I will listen, I will learn, and I will lead. And that's my pledge to you. That was Bill Shacklett. Eddie Smotherman is next. I take a lot of pride in some of the things I've done over the last four to eight years at uh, saving the McCurry's family home uh, from eminent domain, uh, getting the miracle field out of uh, Parks and Recreation because it almost failed in Park Recreation, and I think it's one of the blessings of our city. Uh, but I, I pushed it through, got it out, and then once it got to the council, it had tremendous support. So thanks to the council members who supported that. Uh, I got the election date changed so that you don't have to go to the polls four times this year. You only have to go three. So please go this time, this week, because uh, next uh, now until uh, August 6th, uh, you have an opportunity to make sure that your city is well represented. Uh, my wish list for the next uh, four years is uh, I really hope that I can work on uh, term limits, uh, uh, it, because this is my last term, it's one of those no-hold-barred situations where uh, I can go after some things that uh, I, I couldn't probably have done in the past. I'm also going to work really hard on hybrid representation. I know there's a lot of people that feel the city's large enough now that it needs districts, and I'll work on those things as well. But uh, I, I'd certainly appreciate your vote. Please vote for Eddie Smotherman. Thank you. That was Eddie Smotherman, and here is Kurt Wade. Mark, thank you for having us today. Um, I look forward to the opportunity of serving this city for another four years. You know, when I ran four years ago, it was about making a difference in our city, and I think that's what we've done for the last four years, and we look forward to the opportunity of doing it again. That was Kurt Wade. All of those candidates, we had a listener who asked, who is the non-incumbent? You're about to hear from Sean Wright. Hi, I'm Sean Wright, and uh, like I said, I've born and raised in Murfreesboro. Uh, one thing I learned from my dad, my dad is the hardest-working man I've have ever met uh when i was growing up he would work from sun up to sundown work at nissan come home work more and the one thing that i always learned from him and i take away from him is whenever you do something you jump in with both feet and you do it to the heart the the full content of your being and that's what i promised you as a city councilman is i will work a hundred percent uh for the betterment of the murfreesboro i look forward to serving with these gentlemen behind me and i look forward to listening and communicating with the people in murfreesboro uh i appreciate your vote sean wright that was Sean Wright, and you have heard from all of the candidates seeking the Murfreesboro City Council position. You have three votes, and we encourage you to take advantage of early voting. And that is going on right now. And, of course, if you don't make it to early voting, definitely make it out on Election Day. We'd like to thank Bill Shacklett, Eddie Smotherman, Kurt Wade, and Sean Wright for taking their time to visit with us today and answer your questions. I, right off the bat, will need to apologize to those of you listening. We just could not even get close to, the, and uh, they're just, we'll have to do this uh, longer on some other programs and enable you to have a, a stronger opportunity to learn more about the candidates. Stay with us. Truman Jones is next, right here on your good neighbor station, WGNS. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.